Hello and welcome to Joel Johnson's Money Wisdom. I'm John Stillman alongside Joel Johnson, Certified Financial Planner and the CEO of Johnson Brunetti, the official wealth management partner of the Yukon Huskies. Joel has been published in Forbes and the Hartford Business Journal. You see him as the host of Better Money every weekend on WFSB Channel 3 on the Saturday and Sunday morning news with Kara Sunland. He's also been an analyst for Fox, Connecticut, NBC 30, and WTNH Channel 8. He's written six of his own books, including The Money Map, He's husband to Wendy and a father to Brandon, Michael, Joel, and Noah. What's happening? How are you? Doing good. I'm excited about the show today. To acknowledge Halloween, we're going to be talking about tricks or treats of the world of investing, of the world of financial planning. Uh, Are some of these things that we hear about tricks or treats? So that'll be kind of an interesting segment, John. We'll dive into all of that in a moment. Uh, First, Joel, we should point out happy 88th anniversary to... uh, the guys that got Al Capone, finally, 88 years ago, Al Capone was sentenced to 11 years in jail for federal income tax evasion. That's what they got him on. Yeah, and isn't that interesting? They couldn't get him for any crimes. They couldn't get him for you know the bodies all over Chicago or, or <laughs> yeah. all, all the illegal um, uh, liquor running and so on that he was doing, but they got him on tax evasion, um, which is interesting. My, under, my understanding is that that happens to a lot of um, white collar type criminals that they don't necessarily get them for the crime that they committed. They get them for not reporting income taxes. Yeah. Or like, uh, people get, you know, that they're corrupt politicians, but they get indicted on campaign finance issues instead of like things they actually did in office or something like that. There you go. Which is particularly applicable to the current (laughs) political environment that we're in. So uh, pretty interesting. That was nearly nine decades ago. Uh, I saw this, Joel. This was terrible news, actually. Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Very close to where you have a son in school, right? At High Point? Yes. Very, very close. 10 or 15 miles away. Yeah. Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Uh, There's an assisted living facility there. Uh, Three employees there were recently arrested for running a fight club with elderly residents who have dementia. They apparently were encouraging fights between the residents in their memory care facility. Amazingly just revolting that that stuff goes on, but you uh, really need to be careful where mom and dad are living. Yeah, it's unbelievable because we have a lot of clients where their parents are in nursing homes or assisted living homes, and that's a constant worry of of many of our clients that have a loved one that's in a facility is how how well are they being taken care of? You know, do they know that Sunday is visiting day, so they just spiff the place up um, when Sunday comes and they know families will be visiting and they, you know, don't necessarily take good care of the residents during the rest of the week? I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, I do believe most of those facilities and the people that work there are trying to do a good job, but that is a big fear that our clients have that have a loved one, typically a parent in one of these facilities, is are they really being taken good care of? Another reason that you want to be sure you're planning well on that front, because if you don't have much money for where you end up staying, you're not going to be in the nicest facility in town, and you're probably more likely to be a victim of something like that, or or a family member more likely to. Well, Joel, you mentioned trick or treat for the Halloween season, so I'm going to give you an item from the financial world. You tell us if you would classify it as a trick or a treat. Okay? So let's start with the HELOC, the home equity line of credit. Is that a trick or a treat? 
Well, I wouldn't say it's a trick because I don't know that the, you know, the banks are necessarily trying to trick us into taking a home equity line of credit. So I would say that's probably a treat. And here's why I say that, because many people have retirement plans. Let's say they have most of their money in a 401k or an IRA, and uh, that is their retirement money. That's the money that's supposed to last for the rest of their lives. If they have something come up, let's say it's a roof or some kind of a big repair, or maybe they just want to help out a loved one. And let's say they want to take $25,000, $50,000 out of one of their retirement accounts. Well, number one, you don't have that money working for you anymore. And number two, if it's out of a retirement account, you get taxed on it. So in order to give away $50,000, you got to take out seventy-five or 100000 If you have a home equity line, you could just borrow against the home equity line, many times deduct the interest on the taxes. Maybe not. You got to check with your CPA on that. But borrow off the home equity line for 2 or 3% and you're able to leave that money in your IRAs and you don't have to worry about paying an inordinate amount of taxes. So I would say used properly, a home equity line of credit is a treat, not a trick. Really important, by the way, that you get that equity line established before you retire, right? While you still have an income, you don't have to use it, but have the line of credit established while you still have an income. It's a lot easier to do that than when you're retired. Yeah, well, take it out when you don't need it. Just take take one out. Have a home equity line of credit that sits there. Most of them will sit there for 10 years, even if you don't use them. You've got to pay a little fee to apply and so on, but it's worth it. It creates liquidity. You never have to borrow off of it, like John said, but it creates liquidity and flexibility for you. All right. How about the variable annuity? Joel, would you classify that as a trick or a treat in the financial world? I would classify the variable annuity as a trick. Now, keep in mind, there are four different types of annuities. And the variable annuity is the one that people are usually talking about when they say there's high fees, um, there's illiquidity, the fees are hidden, you get this massive thing that looks like a phone book called a prospectus every year uh, to inform you of everything. Nobody reads it. Uh, That's traditionally a variable annuity. And for most people, variable annuities make no sense. Um, I personally would not be buying a variable annuity today in today's current interest rate environment. Now, I do say that today because some of you that own variable annuities that maybe you purchased 7, 10, 15 years ago, those are very, very strong contracts that the insurance companies actually would love you to get rid of because the guarantees in some of those variable annuities as far as income and death benefit or so on have turned out to be much more expensive than the insurance companies thought they were for the insurance companies. And so they would love you to get rid of them. That's why some of you that own variable annuities are getting letters from the insurance company saying, hey, we'll give you more than the actual surrender value. We'll give you a reward if you cash in your annuity. Why are they doing that? Insurance companies aren't just trying to give you a gift. They want off the hook for those guarantees. So make sure you see somebody that's a fiduciary that's going to recommend the right thing, the thing that's in your best interest, and have them analyze that annuity. Make sure, by the way, they understand variable annuities. A lot of advisors don't. But have the advisor analyze those variable annuities and see if you should keep them or not. Make sure you understand what you're paying for those things. All right. So the home equity line of credit, we're calling a treat. The variable annuity, a trick. Trick or treat, Joel, the no-load mutual fund. The no-load mutual fund. So Uh, An interesting question here. So when we use mutual funds in our client portfolios, and and rarely do we ever use mutual funds, but if we use mutual funds in our client portfolios, they are no load. 
they are also institutionally priced and so they're much less expensive than a typical fund that someone would get if they just went and bought the fund on their own. However, I think the question here really is what if somebody just goes to Fidelity, Vanguard, Schwab, um, direct to T. Rowe Price and buys a no-load fund? Is that a trick or a treat? I think you may be tricking yourselves because the biggest challenge that investors face is not internal fees, is not the fees to buy and sell an investment. The biggest challenge somebody faces is their behavior. How are they going to behave in times of stress? How are they going to behave when the market goes down? How are you going to behave when the market goes down 50%? At some point in the future, it will do that. It did that from the end of 2007 to the beginning of 2009. The market dropped 50%. And so it's not about buying a fund and not paying a load. It's about buying a fund and bailing out when you panic, when you say, hey, I'm retired. I can't handle this going down anymore. I wish I could just get back to break even, but I don't even want to hang in there for that. So the problem with no-load mutual funds is typically they're no help unless you're working with a financial advisory firm that's using no-load funds in your portfolio. But be very careful, folks, about going direct. Unless you're in your 30s or 40s and you can afford to just buy something and not even pay attention to it for the next 25 years until you retire, then maybe you want to buy no-load funds. But in my opinion, if you don't get help, if you don't get some financial advice sooner or later, and again, this is my opinion, but I've seen it with thousands of clients and thousands of people that um, have come to us finally to become clients is you'll do the wrong thing at the wrong time because you don't have that person to talk to to make sure that you don't make a mistake. You're listening to Joel Johnson's Money Wisdom. Joel is a certified financial planner and the CEO of Johnson Brunetti. We're playing trick or treat. We're giving Joel different items in the financial world. He's telling us if he thinks it's a trick or a treat. How about this, Joel? The no closing cost mortgage. Well, that could be a trick. Be very, very careful because a couple things can happen. One is you truly can have a mortgage where the bank or the mortgage brokerage is absorbing some of the cl- uh, the closing costs um, just to get your business. But many, many, many times when there's a no closing cost mortgage, they're either just rolling up the costs into the interest rate, which means you can have, let's say, a 4% interest rate on your mortgage and pay $5,000 worth of closing costs, or you can have a 4.2% interest rate on your mortgage and pay zero closing costs. And what you'll find out is paying zero closing costs many times is much more expensive because you're paying a slightly higher interest rate. And so be real careful about the no closing cost mortgages. Um, Many times the devil is in the details here. Doesn't mean it's always the wrong thing to do, but just be cautious. Anytime it sounds like you're getting a really good deal compared to everything else out in the market, I would be very suspicious. At least that's how I run my finances. All right, last one for you, Joel. We're playing trick or treat. Tell us, is this a trick or a treat? Life insurance with what's called an accelerated death benefit. Some people would call it a living benefit. Well, I think this is a big treat. Um, I have a lot of life insurance, and I bought it back before policies started having these accelerated death benefits. So let me first explain what an accelerated death benefit is. As we all know, life insurance, typically you buy a policy, you pay a premium, and when you die, the policy pays out. And that's great for whoever the beneficiaries are, but really doesn't affect you that much except you feel good because you're taking care of the beneficiaries. Life insurance with an accelerated death benefit means you have a policy, but if you have to go into a nursing home or if you have a chronic illness or a terminal illness, 
the life insurance company will pay the death benefit before you die. Many people are using these as long-term care policies now where you can buy a life insurance policy. Let's say it's a half a million dollar policy. And if you need nursing home care, then that policy will pay out $10,000 a month for you to spend on nursing home care. And you're not cashing the policy in. Uh, It's just another benefit of the policy. So accelerated death benefits, chronic illness benefits, anything like that that you see these days tend to be a real treat because you win both ways. If you never need the accelerated death benefit, then your family gets the full death benefit from the policy. If you do need the accelerated death benefit, you paid much less than you're getting out of the policy from an accelerated death benefit standpoint. I think the challenge with a lot of things like this, Joel, is it's just it's hard and confusing for people to know what's a good deal and what's not a good deal for me. What's a trick and what's a treat? That's why you need somebody guiding you along the way. Yeah, well, people need a second opinion, right, John? I mean, if you think about it, if you had a knee problem, for instance, right now I'm, I'm having this knee issue, or I think it's a knee issue. It might be shin splints. I'm not sure what it is. I've got to go see a doctor. Now, I got an opinion from my trainer at the gym, but that's an opinion. And a lot of people are getting that from one financial advisor or maybe from a stockbroker. They have an opinion on something. Sometimes people need to get a second opinion. Other times, the financial advisor that gets someone to retirement is not the right person to get them through retirement. So we know that most of you listening to this show are pretty good with your money. Um, You're fairly conservative because we meet you all the time. You come in for these visits that we talk about, the Money Map Retirement Plan. So people come in from the radio program and we talk to them and we realize most of them are doing better than they think they are, but there's financial confusion out there. So we can help you. We can help you with some of these issues. Some of them obviously apply to you. Some of them don't. But the important thing is that you have a plan. You have a good financial plan and you can cut through all the clutter of information and and uh, bias out there and make sure you're working with a fiduciary that will act in your best interest. And that's how we work with folks. So uh, call right now, come in, get a second opinion, get your money map, uh, get your income analysis to make sure you're not going to run out of money too early um, before you pass away, that you're going to have all the money to do all the things you want to do. We'll do an income analysis for you to make sure that that is the case with you and make adjustments if it's not the case. And then, of course, get a stress test on your portfolio. If you're not worried about the markets, you should be. The market will go down. We just don't know when, but it will go down, and you need to make sure you're prepared. So give me a call. We'll set up a time to get together. There's no cost. There's no charge. If you work with us down the line, that's great. But in that first visit, we just talk about your situation and help you in any way we can. 1-800-705-1232. Set up a time to come on in. I'll even give you one of my books when you come in. Uh, 1-800-705-1232. Great opportunity to come in and get your own Money Map Retirement Review. 800-705-1232. You can either call and leave a message or text that number. Leave us your first and last name either way. We'll get back with you later and find a time for you to come in for your own review. As Joel said, you'll get a copy of his book to take with you when you come. 800-705-1232. That's 800-705-1232. You're listening to Joel Johnson's Money Wisdom. Joel is a certified financial planner and the CEO of Johnson Brunetti, the official wealth management partner of the Yukon Huskies. 
Joel, let's open up the mailbag and see what folks have in mind for you this week. We're going to start with Ronnie, who says, I've been told that I don't have enough of an emergency fund in the bank. What's more important, building that up or making sure that I'm maxing out my 401k as I'm only five years from retirement? And Joel, in answering Ronnie's question, maybe you can provide us your opinion of what you think an adequate emergency fund looks like. Well, yeah, let's start there. So an adequate emergency fund means you should have at least three months of expenses of your normal living expenses set aside, maybe up to six months. I would prefer to see six months, but for some people, when I say that, it seems overwhelming. But if it's costing you 4000 let's just keep it simple, $5,000 a month to live, you should have at least $15,000 set aside an emergency fund. And you know, maybe it should be as much as $30,000. If it's costing you $10,000 a month to live, then obviously we start at 30 and maybe it's as much as 60000 So have at least three months of emergency money uh, or of, of your typical normal living expenses set aside. Now, you say, Ronnie, what's more important, building up an emergency fund or making sure you're maxing out your 401k? The tricky answer here, Ronnie, is both are very important, especially if you're within five years of retirement. But here's a scenario I'll just paint for you. Let's say you own a home and you need a new roof. What you don't want to do is borrow money out of your 401k to pay for that roof. And preferably, you also don't go to the roofing company or go to one of these other companies and borrow the money to do the roof because that's a very expensive loan. So this is why you need to have emergency money. At the same time, make sure you're putting enough into your 401k so you at least get the match. Don't leave money on the table. So if your match is, you know, if you put in 6%, they give you another 3%, but you got to put in 6% to get the company's 3%, make sure you're putting in the 6%. Don't deviate from that. So um, what I'd like to do, Ronnie, is just invite you to come in Let's look at your whole situation. If you're really caught between these two choices, you know, we can think it through uh, a little bit more. But a lot of people get hurt. I'll tell you and tell you, if, we, if, if I'm talking to somebody in their 30s, here's what I will tell them. Number one, the biggest waste of money you're going to have in your life is financing cars. Number two, be careful of credit card debt. Number three, have an emergency fund so you don't have to use your credit cards to meet the emergency. And then max out your retirement savings. If you start maxing out your retirement savings, your 401k, from the years from ages 30 to 50, you'll have more money than somebody that waited and started when they were 40. It's that first 10 years and all that compound interest that really hits the home run for you. So I'm interested with what you said there about the biggest waste of money being financing cars. The idea being that you should just always pay cash or you should look out for better interest rates or what? Well, and I should have said financing new cars. So most people think they need a new car. In fact, the second a car gets paid off, they go buy another one and finance it. Don't do that. Wendy and I, for many, many years, never bought a new car. We always bought a three-year-old car. Um, if you buy a car these days, especially if it's one of the higher quality makes, and I don't mean expensive, I just mean the ones, I don't want to name any names, but the ones we hear, well, I'll just name names, Toyota, Honda, um, you know, some of the newer maybe American makes, but particularly the Toyotas and the Hondas, they're really reliable. My son has a Honda with 200,000 miles on it, and my other boy's a mechanic. He said, don't get rid of it. This car's going to last another 50,000 miles. So now my son Noah has this car. He's not, he doesn't have any car payments. He's got a really nice car. It's a used car, but it's really nice. All the features inside, you'd never know it's got that many miles on it. 
and yet somebody else might finance a new car every three years. So it's not just the buying of the new car every three years or so, but it's the financing of the car, and you just never get that money back. Try not to borrow money to buy a depreciating asset. Borrowing money to buy a home is one thing. Maybe an investment piece of real estate, that's another thing. But borrowing money to buy a depreciating asset, try not to do that. So Wendy and I, for many, many years, we just bought two- and three-year-old cars. Beautiful cars. People didn't know that they were even that old. Nice luxury cars, but you just get rid of that 50% drop in value that happens after the first three years. All right. Uh, Next up in the mailbag is from Gwen, who says... I have a whole life insurance policy that's very expensive, so I'm thinking about canceling it and getting a much cheaper term policy. I had breast cancer almost 10 years ago, but that hasn't been a problem for a while, so I don't expect that to present any problems with the new policy. Is there any reason I shouldn't go ahead and terminate the whole life policy and use the cash value that's built up for something else? That depends. So first of all, Gwen, there's a, there's, there's, I'm going to read between the lines a little bit here. Whatever you do. Don't cash in your existing policy before you get approved for the new one. So if the term insurance makes more sense for you, which it might, so if the term insurance makes more sense for you, whatever you do, do not cash in the old policy until you apply and get approved for the new policy because there's a chance you could cash in the old policy, then you don't get approved for the new policy, and now you have nothing, and maybe you should have something. So part of a full financial plan would be us or whatever advisor you're working with recommending if you should have life insurance, how much you should have, and what type you should have. There's a possibility you have a lot of cash built up in that whole life policy and you could use that for retirement. But if you want insurance, be very careful about cashing that policy in. We never recommend somebody cash a policy in if they need the insurance without having them apply for a new policy and making sure that policy can get approved. All right, last question real quick from Alexis. says, my grandmother died recently and left me a substantial sum of money. I'm only 29, and it's more money than I've ever had before, so I don't want to be an idiot with it. What should I do with this money so that I'm not mad at myself 40 years from now when I'm trying to retire? Well, first of all, Alexis, my condolences for the loss of your grandmother. I know it can be very difficult. Um, I have lost four grandparents, and it's still uh, I still think about it from time to time. Um, On the other hand, your grandmother left you a wonderful gift, and I would congratulate you, and and I'm impressed by the fact that you're asking this question. So you need a financial plan. You need a financial plan to find out how much of that money should be set aside for emergencies, how much should be set aside for retirement, and if there's any left over, maybe you should use the money as a down payment on a home if you don't own a home. Maybe you should create some type of short-term money goal. So maybe you're going to invest the money for five or 10 years and then use it at that time. But you want to make sure that all those ducks are in a row, that you've got your retirement taken care of first and your retirement and your emergency money. So, um, And that's what we do, Alexis. We help people create financial plans and we help people that are either like yourself, probably on the younger side, or getting close to retirement or in retirement, make sure that they aren't going to run out of money, that they don't have regrets, whether that's five years from now or 10 years from now. So with that said, I want to offer all of you the Money Map Retirement Review, not just Alexis, not just Gwen, not just Ronnie, but every one of you. Come in and get your Money Map. Get your Money Map Retirement Review. Go through our unique process where we take you through the system that we've developed on making sure you're not going to run out of money, making sure that your lifestyle can maintain, can be maintained up to your standards throughout retirement, making sure you're not taking too much risk in your portfolio. 
Most people are complacent right now. If you're not worried, you should be about the financial markets. And then putting that all on one page, and that's why we call it the money map. So call now. If you call in the next 15 minutes, we'll set up a time to get together with you, to visit with you. There's no obligation. It doesn't cost you anything. Most people don't become clients, so just come on in. Let us help you. You'll leave our office with an income analysis, a risk analysis on your portfolio, and the money map. Call one 800 705-1232. Once again, that's 1-800-705-1232. You can also text that number and just leave your name and we'll get back to you and set up a time for you to come in and visit. Call or text whichever is best. 800-705-1232. That's 800-705-1232. Let us know you'd like some help. We'll reach back out to you later. Work with your calendar to find a time that works for you to come in for your own Money Map Retirement Review. Again, 800-705-1232. That's 800-705-1232. This has been Joel Johnson's Money Wisdom. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll talk with you next week, same time, same place, right here. Money Wisdom is sponsored by Johnson Brunetti. Investment advisory services offered through JB Capital LLC, a registered investment advisor. Johnson Brunetti is a paid sponsor of the Yukon Huskies Athletic Program.